we're going to be talking about something called voice of customer research, which sounds pretty technical, but it's a really important thing for marketers to know more about. Why don't you kick things off just telling us what is voice of customer research? Yeah, so voice of the customer research is really just a term that is used a lot. And it just means before you do anything with your marketing efforts, you really need to understand who are your customers, what do they care about, where do they hang out, and what are their goals, what are their challenges, really just a way to to get to know your customers and your users. Typically, voice of the customer research is like the terminology that's used for B2B companies, but this is a process and very important one for both B2B and B2C. Interesting. And how did you get involved in this field? And maybe tell us a little bit more about your background. My background, I guess I've, I've started right back up as a consultant. I, I came back full circle, I started my career in consulting. After that, worked more in, in, in like market on marketing strategy projects and worked more in like the brand management side of marketing at a CPG company, Blistex, and did a, a lot of like what we're talking about today related to voice of the customer. It's just called different things, but essentially did some of that like marketing research, understanding the, the users of the product, buyers. From there, went to work in the startup world, worked at a food technology startup, B2B2C called Fuda. And from, from there, went to work at Groupon, B2C. Oh, wow. And then from there, went to work at an education technology startup. So I've experienced and explored this method of voice the customer research. So you got to do it wherever you are. You really need to, in order to have effective marketing, you really need to understand who are the people that are going to get the most value from, from what you're offering. It's been fascinating to see it in the way that different companies, both large and small, work on this research. Yeah. And, you know, that's an interesting point because uh, a lot of times we talk about topics here and then after the episode, I'll get emails and folks will say, Oh, you know, that's not going to work for my industry or, Oh, we do, we do e-commerce. And so what you were talking about is, is specifically for lead gen. And, you know, it's, there's always these nuances. So since you've done this type of work and this type of research across so many different types of companies and different sized companies, even a CPG and consumer packaged good companies, which is, which is amazing. What commonalities have you found? And then also what differences have you found when talking specifically about like the voice of the customer process? Yeah. So commonalities, I would say when you truly understand who your target audience is and like all the things I mentioned, what they care about, what their goals are, their challenges, what's their day-to-day like, where do they spend their time? When you truly understand that, that comes through in more effective marketing. So that's the commonality, I think, where the differences are that I've seen are when you're a smaller size startup, you tend to start with more simple, like you just start with one audience, one very defined target audience, because you're trying to make something that they're going to love and they're going to be your super fans and they are going to talk about you. And that's really the goal. When you're at a larger company, you're going to have your super fans, but then you're going to have like other people too, like a ton of other users and understanding just your 
like one group of people isn't going to be helpful because you're going to want to personalize some of that marketing for other groups that are getting value from your product. So you just can't folk, you then you just start, it gets a little bit more complicated, but it still can be done. But your resources also grow right at the company. So it can be done. And so at some of the larger companies that you worked at, like how many personas would you be working at or, or working with or like how wide of a field does that look like at scale? Oh, yeah. Well, I could talk about um, gr- like at Groupon, there were a d- different teams and depending on what area of the company you're working on, like what actual offering you're working on, maybe it's like things to do category, the actual things to do and Groupon. If people don't don't know what Groupon offers, just to give a quick explanation, it's deals for, for things in your neighborhood. So you can purchase from uh, neighborhood merchants. And other other teams would be focused on like products that are shipped to your home, right? Other teams would be focused on Groupons related to travel, right? So that you can you can see that with a wide assortment of different categories there, you're going to have a wide assortment of people, target audience, buyers, right? People that are buying sports tickets. So it was, yeah, it got really detailed just depending on what what you're working on and even like by channel too, right? So how do we talk to these specific people uh, in in the uh, affiliates channel versus how do we talk to these specific people in email? And then like, where are they in the buyer journey? So you can see it gets really complicated. So you have a lot of people working on that but it's it's doable. It's possible. Uh, it's just more complex. So to, to go back to the core topic of voice of the customer, that type of research, how is it different from like the basic research that someone would do to create a persona? Because there's a lot of these persona, buyer persona or audience persona templates online. I know even HubSpot has like their own little builder that you can use. How is that process that I think a lot of people are familiar with, how is that different from voice of the customer research? I think as people get more experience within marketing, they're going to mold and shape like, what does this meaningful persona process mean to me? Like, how do I make, how do I get the most impact from this process in order to make it more useful in your marketing? And so, I mean, I started with probably HubSpot's persona. And that, especially in early stage startup, right? Like that was enough. That was enough to kind of figure out the process of, okay, I know I really need to understand who my target audience is. So I'm going to create my list of questions. I'm going to reach out to people. I'm going to have this interview, right? We're talking about B2B. That's more qualitative one-on-one interviews. And then I'm going to create the persona. And the persona essentially will have things like, Okay, um, maybe I'll have a picture of somebody, right? I want to imagine somebody in my head. Like, what do they find that's fun? What are their goals? What are their challenges? What are some quotes that came out, right? And so you start to shape and mold that. And what I found is some personas that have been built, now I work with clients and they create their own personas. I've seen a whole array of different types of personas from, well, we don't really have anything besides like we use HubSpot and they already have personas and they're calling it like, I'm just going to make up a name, like suburban mom, Mary, 
right? Or (laughs) call it like some, you know, give it a name and then have some kind of like a stereotypical explanation of who that person is, which isn't helpful, right? And so they, they almost like need, companies need to go through the process and figure out, okay, I'm doing this. I went through this, but it's not helpful. So I've gone through that point and I've realized like, these are the questions that I definitely need to ask because these are the answers I I need in order to build a really good persona. And I just use like the, so I, I still have like a questions doc and the questions that matter the most are honestly like, for this is specific to B2B is I want to understand this person. Like where, why did they start this role? How did they get to this company? What are they, what are they responsible for? Nothing to do with the product offering, like nothing to do with my company, but understanding this person and their day to day. And um, like, what's a typical day like? And then getting into like challenges at work, goals at work, KPIs they're using at work, how they're trying to solve these different challenges now. That stuff is really key because then you find, okay, well, they're actually like, this is where our product comes into play and is really valuable for them. Because what you want to do is you want to connect to this person in a way that like goes beyond talking to them about your product features. It's now you understand them and their goals and their values. And you want to help like get them to that next place give them that aspirational thing that will help make their life better. And you can't possibly do that by talking about features. And so that's where I think small companies, large companies talking to customers and saying like, yep, we, we check that off our list. We talk to customers every month or every quarter, we ask them questions, but then the research and like the actual data they're getting back and the personas that they're building, if it's not useful to really understand, like, how do we help this person on a higher level, like help them get to a better life, a better place, solving their challenge, you know, with our product, then it's just not the the marketing will just be stale and it, and it won't have the impact. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I see this happen all the time with my clients where, you know, they're doing the research or they're talking to customers, but they don't have a good process. And I think it gets it gets lost because I've talked to a lot of founders and CEOs and they say, oh, yeah, of course, I, I talk to customers all the time and we're always trying to do things with that information. But then when you really ask them, well, how has that impacted your your process, your marketing, your product development? They don't always have the best answer. So I want to dig in a little bit to your process. Can you walk us through the start to finish without going into too much detail, of course, because we don't we don't have too much time, but just at a high level, what does that process look like for someone who wants to implement this for their own company or for their clients? Yeah, I actually wrote a playbook on this. It's one of the playbooks that's on my website, firmanovmarketing.com. It's also on LinkedIn. It's called Six Steps to Build Personas Like a Boss. And so there are six steps. And the first step that I call out is really like, you need to understand why you're doing this before you even just jump in. I think people love to jump in. Marketers love to jump in. Like we know we need to write blog posts. Let's just jump in and write five this month, right? (laughs) But like the why of why you're doing this matters even more, especially for, you know, early on marketers is you are being empathetic 
That's the point. That's the why for doing this research. Like you have to create some empathy because the way that you think about your product, especially being internal in a company, is going to be different from the way that outsiders view your product. It's, and the way that you do things within your life and you do your work is going to be different from how others. So super important to understand like the why. And then when you like understand why you're doing it, then having your list of questions and for specifically for like voice the customer that you're doing to create the next steps of marketing, the questions like I had mentioned is going to be like finding out what, what does this person do in their work? What's their role? What's their responsibilities? How many people report to them? Just understanding like what, what's their, what's their work life like? And there's more, right? We mentioned goals and challenges and then also things around buying process, which is really important in B2B. When does budgeting take place? Who's involved in the purchase process? There's maybe multiple people. So you have to keep that in mind, right? It's some, some companies, they have a product and they actually will focus on two buyer personas. It's really important to like start with that because there's going to be like SaaS companies that are looking to market to users first. And then when, once they get a lot of people using it, then they're going to want to market to like the actual buyer. So having two buyer personas because their, their work efforts and their day-to-day and their goals and challenges are very different. And then you're going to want to also think about if this is a customer, there are certain questions questions to ask and you absolutely want to do that. But then you want to also get some perspective customers, people that are not yet your customers. You want to ask them specific questions too. Like what's appealing to you? What are the benefits of this product that are appealing to you? What problems would this help you solve, right? Like maybe they're using something else and they're not ready to buy with you or make the switch. Or maybe they're not, they're doing status quo and they're not ready at all. And then for lapsed customers, I also like to talk to lapsed customers because these are people, like there's a reason why people left you. So what was your experience with the company? Like, what are the reasons you decided not to continue? Those are really important questions. And then finally, for everybody, I like to ask, where do you go for information? Like, what, are, what social media do you use? What, what do you read? Who do you follow? What, are, what associations are you part of? Like, what events do you go to? in person or virtual, (laughs) right? So this helps me build like a much clearer picture of who this person is. Nice. And I should say you have all this on your website. I'm going to put it in the show notes. So anyone who wants to check this out, they can go to growthmarketingtoolbox.com slash 241 for episode 241 and then click through to the six steps to build personas like a boss. And then you have a Google Doc on there. I'm looking at it right now. Very, very detailed with all of these questions that you're mentioning and even some more. So for anyone trying to keep up, it's it's all here for you in the show notes. It's all there. I'm a giver. Like I went through this process, I realized, okay, well, this is helpful. And now I work with clients. And like I said, some of them have a good grasp, but many of them still don't. And so what, what I like to do is come in there, see what they've done already, and then ask like, is this actually helpful? Or is this just like, more information that's not actually useful for developing like the marketing strategy and the marketing content moving forward. Cause that's ultimately like you're building empathy and that is your why for creating good marketing going forward. 
Yeah, so I know another challenge a lot of companies have is not necessarily the, the what to do, but it's actually getting in front of the right people and getting enough of these interviews conducted. Do you have any tips? Like, do you recommend incentivizing people with gift cards and things like that to do the actual interview? So for B2B, I would say customers hopefully love your company and there will be enough of them, hopefully, that will say yes to talk to the marketer. I've never had a problem with this. I think that in this day and age, like people just want to be heard. People want it just like you and me talking right now, right? <laughs> just like for, for um, my own podcast, for other people's podcasts. Like the reason that podcasts and getting on the show and talking to guests and getting people to like getting people educated, like people want to be heard. And so I don't believe in like, oh, let's incentivize to, to talk to someone about the product that they hopefully love. And it's not even about the product. Most of the conversation is going to be about them. Naturally, people enjoy talking about themselves, so it should not be a problem. My advice is that, you know, the more people you interview, obviously the better, but you don't need a hundred interviews. I would say like reach out to as many people as you can and get five to 10 solid like customers that kind of like look the same that, that are your super fans and send out the emails and say that you want to have a conversation and, and it's not... I think there's a confusion sometimes where people think that you're going to talk about the product and like they want to talk about the features they like and the features they don't like. And it's not that. It's more of just getting to know you. We're just going to have a conversation. I want to get to know you. I want to understand like what you're working on and like what are your, some goals and what are some challenges in your work. And it's for the purpose of bettering our product and our messaging for people like you. And that's it. Just keep it really simple. And usually I spend... 30 minutes to an hour. Some people love to talk about lots of things. So spend an hour, but some people like they just get straight to the point and you don't have to have a very long conversation, but at least 30 minutes is good. Interesting. And then, so once you've done the interview, how do you translate that? Like, how do you take your notes and create the actual persona? And what does that final product look like? Is it a document of some type? I love to just use Google, a Google slide. So one persona goes on one Google slide <laughs> and um, so not very fancy tool, but I keep it very, I try to keep it very simple. I try to put a picture there and I have a picture of like, you know, you talk to five to 10 people and then there's someone that like really fits that profile and you try, I just like do a simple Google search and find like a, an image of like that sort of person, that sort of age range, right? And put them on there, give them a name and put like some kind of a background on there. Like they're in this position, right? That's their role. And they're looking kind of new to the role and they're open to changing up some things at this company, right? Just some, some kind of background. And then I add in their like their goals their challenges, how that relates back to what we with our product should emphasize with them. I, I love to pull out quotes. So highlighting those quotes and I take notes as I do the interview with people in a Google Doc. So that's the other like very simple tool I use. I highlight quotes that come out because nobody can say things better than the people that you're talking to, than your super fans. Like I fully believe this. The more you listen to those words that they're using, 
not that you as a company is using. And the more you use that as part of your persona, as part of your marketing, things will click better. Like you don't have to, sometimes I find that um, as marketers, like we, we get the information, we listen to it, but then we start tweaking it and changing it. And I don't really like that approach. I think like, oh, that is an aha. I just heard that from five people. They said it in that way. Use that. <laughs> so I highlight words and phrases that are meaningful and I put them into this slide. I also put in like objections objections that they might use. And I learn about that either from the interview, maybe it comes out with like the lapsed buyer or or prospective buyer, the sales team, you know, that is part of the conversation with them. And then I add in like social media usage or where they get their information. And right in that same slide, I'll put in like, here is our marketing messaging. Here's our positioning. I just kind of have it all in one. I I love it as like the go-to place of when you do your next marketing campaign, looking at this slide and making sure that it's useful, helpful. Like, is this hitting on some of their challenges? Is this hitting on some of the quotes that they're using, the messaging that we should be using? If yes, then we're going in the right direction. Nice. And of course, just like with the list of questions, you actually have a template on your website in Google Slides, and you don't even have to put your email address in to get it, which is amazing. So that's very generous of you. So I will include links to all of this in the show notes at growthmarketingtoolbox.com slash 241. I encourage everyone to check it out. This is like pure gold in terms of, of valuable resources. One other thing I wanted to mention about what you what you just shared is you mentioned using the exact phrases of the customer. And I think that really speaks to the heart of what voice of the customer is all about, right? It's about using their own words. And would you agree, like, once you do enough of these interviews, you start to hear the same thing in many cases. And that's really what you want to hit on. And that's really what you want to end up highlighting. Because if it's coming up in multiple interviews, especially in a very similar way, that means it's a very important point. Yes, My answer there is a simple, resounding yes. (laughs) If you keep hearing the same consistent words or phrases when, you know, they're talking about their challenges or their goals or the benefits or anything like that, highlight that and use that. Because I think that the great marketers out there are going to be the ones that can tap into, that can listen really well and listen for these like nuggets coming from their buyers and be able to pull that out and create the consistency then in their marketing in wherever you show up online. Like that messaging should be on the website. That stuff should, that, the quotes, like that should come out in social media. It should come out in different campaigns. And that is the consistency and the redundancy almost to, I talk about this, like you want to almost like, oh my gosh, I'm so sick and tired of hearing this. Well, guess what? That means you're on the right track. Because people don't, that don't work internally in a company, they don't hear that redundancy as much. So we forget about that. So it's so important to be consistent, be redundant, and pull out these insights and nuggets and, and phrases. Yeah. So for a company that goes through this process, how often do you recommend they revisit their persona process or their, the, the research process? If possible, every, every week, I think, <laughs> ta- well, not necessarily this process. But talking to customers every week. Collecting the data. Yeah, especially like startups, the founders, the head of marketing, 
to be really tight and, and having that empathy with users as you're developing your product in some cases, right? As you're developing your marketing messaging, your all of your um, campaigns, like just to, I really believe in like having these conversations should be ongoing and they should be consistent and weekly. This process that I just talked about, like voice of the customer, I think that doing like early stage, doing this like on a quarterly basis is really a good idea. Things change as you and I both know, things change really quickly. And so just having like a good pulse on what are the goals now (laughs) and challenges, right? What has anything changed there? Like, I think now more than ever, it's important to just um, have a good understanding, have that empathy and check back every quarter. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So as we wrap up, are there any questions I didn't ask you or anything that we didn't cover that you think is really important to share on this topic? We covered a lot of the important stuff. I think that with B2B, we covered everything. For B2C, what I recommend is doing kind of similar, you know, you want to also create personas, you want to have them be useful, but it's more like the quantitative, right? Because you have a broader audience and you just have more of a bucket to like dip into. So sending a survey out to at least, I would say like at least 100 people your super users, asking these these questions around top goals, top challenges, where they hang out, same stuff, right? And then if you need to dig into certain things, still having some qualitative conversations, some one-on-ones where you get deeper into some, some things if necessary. So that's the only thing that I wanted to add. That's the difference between B2B and B2C. Nice. Awesome. I also want to mention your podcast. You have an awesome podcast called Modern Startup Marketing. It's available on all different platforms. Maybe tell us a little bit about what you cover on the podcast. Yeah. So Modern Startup Marketing is really something I started last end of last year. And it's almost like I wish I had access to this podcast when I was working at early stage startups. Like I wanted to have a way to peek into what other companies are doing inside of their marketing department, what other startups are doing within their marketing teams. And this is really the way like you get to, I I get to talk to every week, I put up an episode and it's mostly talking to startup founders from seed to series F kind of all over the board, right? Asking them like, what's working really well for you? What's how how are you approaching different marketing challenges? How are you approaching brand growth? What are you doing differently? How that's why it's called modern startup marketing, right? Like, for example, like SEO of 2010 looks very different from SEO of 2021. So like, what, what's that approach and inbound marketing versus outbound marketing? We get into sales topics. It's, it's really cool. And it's really just about like how different startups approach marketing in different ways so they could be successful and scale. Awesome. Well, we will include a link to that in the show notes as well, or you can just search for Modern Startup Marketing on your favorite podcast platform. I encourage everyone to check out the show. Where can our listeners learn more about your services and connect with you on social media if they're interested in following up? I am heavily on LinkedIn, so you can find me there, Anna Fermanov. You can also go to my website, fermanovmarketing.com. 
and of course, listen to the podcast. And uh, yeah, th- those are the, the key places. Fantastic. We'll put links in the show notes. And Anna, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time and also with all the awesome resources that you share on your website that we're going to link to that I know are going to get a lot of value for for our listeners because these are really well thought out. So I can't thank you enough. I, I hope you come back on the show in the future. And until then, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Nicholas, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. For listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Anna Furmanov, YouTube, search for Furmanov Marketing Consulting, or go to my website, furmanovmarketing.com. Mm-hmm.